The next stage of evolution for Jackson Dart may not be as complicated as you think. And plus, we talk about what Ole Miss is going into at Ullman Stadium Saturday. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making us your Ole Miss morning show. Hey, I do want to let you know the Rebels play at the Tulane Green Wave Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central. You know, Trey Harris, Jackson Dart, Lane Kiffin, all that get to experience Yulman Stadium in a difficult atmosphere at the Tulane Green Wave. You can catch every play of the Rebels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or the SXM app. Search Ole Miss Rebels. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And we have a lot of good stuff in store for you today, including this is the next step that Jackson Dart needs to take in his evolution. He is on schedule or ahead of schedule at this point in the season. And if you look at his rankings from Pro Football Focus, he was the highest graded Power 5 quarterback in the country posting a 93.7 rating. That was just ahead of Blake Shapin and J.J. McCarthy and Drew Alar and Jalen Milrow and Connor Wiegman. Definitely the tops in the Southeastern Conference, but the tops in the entire country as well. Now, we talk all the time. What is the next step? Jackson Dart against Mercer had, he could read a mood, read a book back in the pocket. The offensive line did a fantastic job. The receivers did well. Almost did a decent job of calling second and third level RPOs that take a little longer to develop. The step for Jackson Dart will be the shorter RPOs and the quicker reads and the getting the ball out of the hand quicker. Um, Bill Flowers talked about two things over the last year, and we look at that in the passing game. And the first is the middle of the field. And if you look at this, the middle of the field was actually hit very well. He, Jackson Dart was 6-7, 146 yards, three touchdowns, perfect NFL passer rating. You look at him out left, outside the numbers there, he was 2-2. Two two. Those were probably back shoulder throws. He throw those, throws those very well. Down the field, he was 1-2 of two to the left for a touchdown. He was 1-1 one one in the middle of the field for 34 yards. He was 2-4 for four outright. He actually did pretty well completing deep balls as well. What I'm talking about the next stage of evolution in Jackson Dart's game, well, he need he needs to be able to diagnose and process quicker. It's going to be quicker and quicker. Against Mercer, he might have had five seconds to throw the ball. Against Tulane, he might have three seconds to throw the ball. But eventually, you're going to get to Alabama and LSU to where you have two to two and a half seconds to get the ball out of your hand. You need to process information quickly. And for Ole Miss to be what we think they can be, Jackson Dart needs to take that step. This is the next step in his evolution. You look in these lower zones, these short zones, that's below 10 yards. Two for three, two for two, and one for two. He threw the ball seven times. Out of all of his completes, was inside 10 yards. He likes to push the ball down the field, and he did a fantastic job driving the ball down the field. I'm not complaining one bit about the performance of Jackson Dart, but the shorter stuff, the quicker decisions, the fast RPOs, that is the next step in his development. 
the fake the ball to the running back and basically get the running back, the linebacker to come up because they don't want Quinshawn to beat him and hit the tight end right behind him. That is the next step, the really, really quick pass. I'm not even talking about three-step, Grant. I'm talking about quick decisions and, hey, they're giving me five yards. I'm going to take it. That is probably the next step for Jackson Dart in his quarterback development. And I think he can absolutely do that. He can get there. He can do the things that he needs to do because, honestly, every question we've had about Jackson Dart over the last 18 months, it might have taken, it might not be as quick as you want it to be, but he has solved and he's done every one of them. It's gotten to the point to where anybody doubting Jackson Dart, you can do that at your own peril. Because as a player, he has done everything that you need to need, need and want him to do. As a player, he has grown so much. Just his decisiveness and the driving the ball down the field. Now, a lot of people start talking about Jackson Dart going through project progressions. I hate to break this to everybody. There's not much of a progression in the Ole Miss offense. It's an RPO-based offense, which means it's an either-or type offense, which means that the RPO is not open and the mistake is made in the first read. It's really just kind of find the open guy. You might have some complimentary routes going open, but you don't have a one to two to three to four type situation. It's kind of um, for better or for worse. If the linebacker comes up, hit the tight end. If the if the linebacker goes back, give the ball to the running back, and there's not really a plan C. Now there's options if if they're not open and you got them. There's people running routes, but you'll see during the game. Many times, wide receivers don't even run routes. And that is because tempo is so important to this offense. So combining tempo with the RPO means that it's not a real progression like you're used to. You will look out there and say, man, the wide receiver just loafed. No, the wide receiver didn't run a route because they didn't need him coming 30 yards down the field to get back lined up for the next play. It's planned. It's supposed to be done. That's the way the offense works. It looks like a loaf. And if you think like 20... 2008 thinking, it might have been a loaf, but in modern college football, you actually have plays when receivers don't go out and catch passes. You'll see um, basically Trey Harris on the outside. Just turn around like a hitch route, but that's because the play was drawn up for somebody else, and he is the option, the safety valve. So you will see that a little bit. Jackson Dart developing very well. He did really good, I will say, against Mercer. Whenever, if he made a mistake on the RPO read and the first read wasn't exactly there, of finding that second or third option. Like I said, it's not really a progression. It's more of a, hey, okay, they got us. It's like Tech Mobile, essentially. Whenever the defense calls your play, you're kind of done. You can make the best out of it, but that's that's kind of what you do. But we will see exactly what happens. Tulane has a decent front. They have a decent offensive line. This is going to be an absolute trench game, as, as you heard on my show yesterday. And Jackson Dart processing in that information, the offensive line holding up against the defensive line. We want to see that. Jackson Dart not holding the ball too long. He needs to be decisive. You'll tell, you can tell if he is confused on a play as if he holds the ball too long. A lot of times the offensive line gets blamed 
when the quarterback holds the ball too long or the receivers don't get separation. But I think we will be all right as fans watching Jackson Dart on Saturday. I don't think Tulane's going to do anything that really necessarily confuses him. I could be absolutely wrong, but I think they're going to be good, but I don't know if they have the athletes that, that Jackson Dart is going to see on September 23rd or even September 30th. I don't, I don't know if the athletes that are going to line up are going to pose that level of threat to Jackson Dart. But the evolution of Jackson will be processing stuff when it breaks down really quick so it doesn't turn into a disaster play, so it doesn't end up with something worse than it actually is. And maybe so Jackson doesn't take a ton of hits. That is what I'm going to be looking for. We're going to talk to Bill Flowers. I'm sure that's what he's looking for um, as the season goes on and as his evolution continues. Should be really interesting indeed. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about Yulman Stadium and how this is kind of a tough ticket. We're going to talk about the matchup between Lane Kiffin and Willie Fritz. This is an interesting type game um, and kind of a kind of an expensive ticket to get in the door for. So stick around for that. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the most important thing when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of college football hosts. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. Also, I do want to let everybody know, the Rebels play at the Tulane Green Wave Saturday at 2.30. You'll get to see exactly the evolution of Jackson Dart like we just talked about. You can catch every play of the action from the Rebels hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on Channel 190 or the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. Also, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast is on there as well, so you can catch that podcast just like that. All right. Now, this is an interesting game. This Ole Miss has long liked playing Tulane, and this probably goes back 100 years. Ole Miss has enjoyed playing Tulane. They enjoy that series. The fans like going to New Orleans. But – 
50 years when Ole Miss went down there for their road game in New Orleans, the game was played in the Superdome, which means air conditioning, which means as many seats as you can fill up, and it was essentially an Ole Miss home game that they played in New Orleans. I mean, it was a weird situation in the Superdome. They wouldn't even turn on the upper-level lights, so it was a little bit dimmer than you were used to in the Superdome because of that. But, you know, it was nice for Ole Miss fans. They got to go in there, sit in the air conditioning in New Orleans and um, play a home game and usually beat the two-lane green wave and go on about your business. Now, like I told you this morning, I'm kind of a not even necessarily a closeted two-lane fan. I've got some two-lane gear. Um, when Ole Miss is not playing two-lane, Tulane is the team I root for. I root for them this year, and I will root for them this year in 11 out of 12 games. But as it sits now, this is going to be a difficult game for the Ole Miss Rebels and not necessarily because of what will happen on the field. And we will get into the Lane Kiffin versus Willie Fritz stuff in just a second. Whenever you talk about Yulman Stadium, Yulman Stadium is an outdoor venue in New Orleans on the campus of Tulane University. Seats about 30,000 um, fans. It's a difficult and has become a difficult place to play. So Tulane props for building that stadium. They've they've kind of um, made things a little bit worse. Although I will say in this picture, the end zones look better than they actually do now. I do not like the end zones they have now. But this is a good situation for the Tulane Green Wave playing their home games at Yulman Stadium. Now, if you look at this Ole Miss game, they – I think they gave 3,000 tickets to Ole Miss fans, which is only about 10% of the capacity. That's not a small number. But Ole Miss fans are used to that Superdome experience to where it essentially becomes a home game and you get to go in there and it's a festive atmosphere and it's a couple of blocks off of Bourbon Street. Well, Human Stadium is not exactly that. You're not walking from the French Quarter to Human Stadium, I don't think. I don't think you're walking from... If you're smart, you're probably not walking from the French Quarter to the Superdome, but that's another another thing altogether. It's a situation to where Tulane is jazzed up. This game means a ton to the Tulane Green Wave. The, just like Kansas State was last year. They beat Kansas State last year. This game is going to mean a lot for the Tulane Green Wave. So what you need to watch for is just what the atmosphere is looking like inside the stadium. If you go to the Game Time Ticketing app, who is a sponsor of the podcast, you can go on there and see exactly the cheapest prices. You can see the vantage point of what the actual ticket looks like. That That's really, really cool indeed. But the cheapest ticket, ticket to get in is like $83 now on Wednesday. What is it going to be like when it gets closer to kickoff? Because this is going to be an expensive ticket to get. And Ole Miss fans that think they're just going to go in there and, you know, enjoy the game and do all the stuff and treat this like the way they've always treated a Tulane road game, I think they're going to be a little bit mistaken. I think Tulane being as jazzed up as they are about this game, the capacity being as small as it is, Tulane being a relatively good football team is going to lead to an excitement to make this ticket price go up, up, up. So right now you can get a corner seat, which that's not even, a, if you look at the view on that, that is not a very good looking seat, but that's $83 a ticket. That's like 163 tickets for, it's $163 for two. Really interesting indeed. They're, they're pretty fired up about 
what's going on with Tulane football. Now, I say that and everybody should enjoy it. And remember, everyone, if you drink and it has alcohol in it, you are not hydrating. It is going to be hotter than the surface of the sun in New Orleans on Saturday. I think the forecast calls for it to be like 95. I'm hoping maybe for some rain, but this game is going to be an interesting battle of wits between Lane Kiffin and Willie Fritz, both really good football coach, both really different styles. Willie Fritz, for those that don't know, I think he came from Georgia Southern to Tulane to where he ran basically the flex bone, and his offense has evolved at Tulane to where it's it's really effective. And But at his core, he likes to run the football. He likes to play slow. If He would prefer to play you in a phone booth if he could. Lane Kiffin wants to spread you out, go as fast as possible, and wear you down by just making you run side to side every play. Willie Fritz wants to wear you out by physically beating you up every play. Think SEC football from 1994. That is Willie Fritz's mindset. Tulane had about 52, 53, 51 plays, I, I forget which one, in their first game against South Alabama. South Alabama had roughly the same number of plays. The game was played slow. The game is played, um, Ole Miss had 75 plays in the first game against Mercer. And at the end of the game, Ole Miss was kind of playing slow. Ole Miss might have broke 80 in that game. And honestly, in this new age of clock rules and things like that, hitting 80 might be the new hitting 90, uh, essentially. So pay attention to that. But Ole Miss needs plays. They need snaps. With the clock running, if you can't stop Tulane's running game, which you want to force them to run the football because explosive plays is how they made hay against um, South Alabama. You need to stop them running the football because if Tulane can run the football and get first downs with the clock not stopping, this game can get shorter and shorter and shorter. Lane Kiff Kiffin wants this to go extremely fast. He wants to go, go, go. And at the end of the third quarter, this is what you need to watch for. If it is a one-score game, look and see which team it feels like is controlling the tempo. Is it a slowdown game where Tulane is just beating them up? Is it a super fast game where there's just not enough depth on that side of the ball? That is going to be the um, chess match between Willie Fritz and Lane Kiffin. Two completely different styles. Nobody's expecting a boat race one way or another. I'm expecting somewhere, hopefully, if everything goes right, within 31 to 14, 31 to 17. I think that's the way it looks. But we'll see exactly what Ole Miss's secondary can do against those wide receivers and Michael Pratt and whether or not he gets um, pressure from up front. So much of this game is going to come down to how Ole Miss plays defensively. And can Ole Miss three and out them, make them throw the football, make Tulane drive the football? Or is Tulane going to be able to run the ball, get first downs over and over? Because if they can drive that football, you could see a 10, 11-minute drive, and all of a sudden you look up and Ole Miss has had the ball three times and a half. So that's just a way that this could get squirrely indeed. Anyway, when we come back, the Locked On Top 25 was released, and we do a week one reset of our W's and L's with the ESPN FPI from every game. Newsflash, Ole Miss's FPI um, record went up one. We'll tell you which one 
right after this. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. The Rebels play at the Tulane Green Wave Saturday at 2 o'clock Central p.m. You know, you get to see that matchup between Willie Fritz and Lane Kiffin and who can assert their will. And you can listen to every play with the Rebels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on channel 190, or you can catch it on the SXM app by searching Ole Miss Rebels. Anyway, should be really cool indeed. Anyway, hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we're having a really good time today. The Locked On Top 25 poll after week one was released, and at the top spot, the Georgia Bulldogs. That's no, no surprise. Michigan, number two, that's no surprise. Bama. Bama had a really good weekend, and I'm not even talking about the win over Middle Tennessee State. That in turn with what LSU did, that probably makes them very happy. LSU did not look good Saturday night. Now, their coach, their coach is really good. Brian Kelly is really good. I think it didn't take long for them to figure out that Florida State had the more physical team and you could not play them straight up. So they did a good job of scheming some things to try and make some plays. Um, but once Florida State was able to assert their will, it, it got it got sideways pretty quick. Florida State right there, number four. Number five, Ohio State Buckeyes, who did not look good. I don't know if I'd have put them five. I might have put Penn State over them or maybe USC over them. Washington's number eight. Notre Dame's number nine. Texas, number 10. Utah, number 11. Tennessee, number 12. Oregon, number 13. Oregon scored 81 points. They, they should be higher than that. LSU's too high. I'm going to... I, I did not put LSU, Clemson, or TCU in the poll this week. I didn't. We we can't go off of preseason expectations for team when we actually have sample size being developed. Uh, that's crazy. North Carolina's up at 15. K-State at 16. Oregon State at 17. Oklahoma scored 70 gazillion points um, at 18. Wisconsin's at 19. Colorado's at 20. That's too high. I agree with Colorado getting in the poll. That that's too high. That that that's too much of a gut reaction. Um, Ole Miss number twenty one, Texas A and M number twenty two, Duke number twenty three. That's a good spot. Tulane number twenty four, and Kentucky pulls up number twenty five. Uh, Tulane I think is the only team on here without a locked on show. So Tulane fans, if you're reading this, if you're podcasting this. Bug locked on about hiring you. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's a great organization. Seriously. But if you look at this locked on top 25, there you go. Ole Miss at 21. I think that's a little bit low for what we saw from Ole Miss. I think everybody's overreacting about the fact that it's Mercer and not the fact that they scored 73 points. It wouldn't have been much to score 48 and be 48 to three and everybody's thinking of it. But no, they, they could have scored 80 that game. And it was an absolute mismatch. This is the most talented Ole Miss team of my lifetime. And there's a lot that goes into that, honestly. All right. If we we're, we decided to go back and look at um, W's and L's, right? We did that in January. And they all had the ESPN FPI percentage of probability for winning each game. They updated after week one. This is a fluid situation. They don't just make predictions in July, but the um, projections – kind of evolve over time. And it's really interesting 
because Ole Miss picked up a win that they were expected to lose. And if that happens, um, you have a situation where Ole Miss is legitimately competing for the SEC West. And there's only one team that actually improved against Ole Miss. So let's go into that. We um, Mark DeMercer is a W, 73-7. to seven. Um, They had Ole Miss as a probability 99% win on that one. They were obviously right about that. Um, Ole Miss is a 77% probability win up from 72 over Tulane. So Ole Miss increased there. Georgia Tech is the same. It stayed at 89% from the last time. Alabama's probability to beat Ole Miss went down from 89% to 83. Against LSU, the probability went from LSU winning 66% to Ole Miss winning 59%. That's that's the game that I actually predicted Ole Miss to win back in July, if you look over on the W's and L's. Um, Arkansas, Ole Miss went from 70% per, um, probability to win to 78%. Auburn, it went down a little bit. Ole Miss was probability 66%. It went down to 62%, still over 60%. So it's not in that toss-up range at all. Vanderbilt went up to 93% from 89%. Texas A&M went up to 64% from 60%. Georgia, favorite probability favorite to beat Ole Miss, went down from 89% to 74%. ULM, Ole Miss went up from 97 to 98%. And against Mississippi State, almost went up from 60% to 65%. Week one was kind to Ole Miss. There, there's no other way to put that. Week one was kind to Ole Miss, and it went about as well as it could have went. Now, we have the two-lane green wave on Saturday, and, and we've talked about what to watch for, and we've talked about the keys of the game. And um, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure how to pronounce the name, so I have to check that tomorrow. So if I mispronounce it, I apologize. But Gary Smith um, is going to be scheduled to be on the show on Thursday in our crossover episode. So we will talk about that. There's not a locked on podcast for Tulane. So um, Gary was nice enough to do that. So we'll talk to him tomorrow um, as well. So should be a lot of fun. Should be a whole bunch of fun. I'm just ready for Saturday to get here. Should be, um, should be awesome. Should be fired up. Anyway, hey. College football Saturdays are better with a Stewart Steel Pickle. You can get them at Rouse's Market, or you can um, click the link down in the description for the pickled store, and you can get a can of pickles or mixed vegetables at time. I can't turn it around to where the logo shows because it's green and my green screen acts up with it. So that's the reason I um, have this, because this is what it looks like. So very, very good stuff. This is our first truly local sponsor on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And, and we need to support them as much as we can just to prove that we provide an interesting thing. But one thing that I decided in this local th- local ad thing is the numbers is such a small number of people can advertise on this show. We're not trying to sell ads on a bunch of stuff. So I wanted to find people that were really invested in Ole Miss or really hometown, small time, not small time, but small town um, businesses that are trying to promote themselves and grow themselves. And Stewart's Dill Pickles, Stewart's Cajun Dill Pickles fits that bill as well. You can see their logo back behind me. So give them a look. We'll start our reads on Friday. They're going to be around for about a month. 
Um, they're pretty fantastic, and they sponsor the pick segment on our SEC After Dark channel as well. Thank you very much to Stuart Steel Pickles, and hopefully we are giving you exactly what you need. Spicy pickles, crunchy, fantastic. I Honestly, I used to eat pickles whenever I was um, younger. Now with these things, they sent them to me, fantastic. Uh, they got a nice kick to them. Uh, that's really good. They, they, they'll kind of clear out your sinuses as well. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. We are 